Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for checking out the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Crazy, this is actually the last episode of season five already, so really want to say thank you to our sponsors and our incredible listeners for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. As always, a reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for updates and news. Really, really excited about the podcast today as I get to chat with a couple of really amazing humans, 11-year NFL veteran fullback, Yale graduate and CEO and founder of Peels, Chris Hetherington, and a three-year NFL veteran offensive lineman, entrepreneur, and sales rep for Peels, Derek West. And I really need to make sure everyone goes and checks out Peels, which is P-E-E-L-S, which is what I think could be a product that really kind of changes the world. It's CBD, but it's made from orange peels. Yes, that is correct. No hemp, no THC. The science is really, really incredible on this. So make sure to go check out their website, P-E-E-L-S.com, and you can follow them on social media at Get Peels. You can also follow Derek and Chris on Instagram. Derek is at DerekWest72, and Chris is at C-H-E-T-H-4-4. Also really excited. I think we're going to have a special guest join the discussion. So let's welcome Chris Hetherington and Derek West. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Doing awesome. How are you? Great, man. I'm actually pulled over on the side of the road in between meetings here. Hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll plug in a picture if you don't. <laughs> nice, nice. Are you actually in Connecticut, by the way? I'm in. I'm in uh, California. Okay. I. I. The, yeah. One thing I read that said you were still in Connecticut, and I thought through Clubhouse you'd said at one point in time that you were in California, and so I was like, yeah, Wait a I've been out here since uh, since '08. Okay. Yeah, that's not a yeah. bad place to be. From Connecticut. Yeah. No, I need that. Doing, man? I'm awesome just um i mean i'm loving finally it's becoming fall here it's actually to the colder part of fall and yeah. so i just this, where are you located i'm in richmond virginia so oh, got it. it's it can get brutal what's up it can get brutal here in the summer like it's it's um the humidity here is just you know yeah, I just, and i've talked i've talked to derek before my business partner lives like right up the road from him up in Fort Collins and yeah. I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to get out well, of there. You see I broke out, I broke out the shoe hat for you buddy. Uh I was going to wear this today but I decided against it. <laughs> <laughs> no no no. I'm sorry. I have to I have to break out the the you know come on you you guys are buddies of Nick's but, you know, come on. All right. We well, just cousin, cousin Nick. Yeah, we, we're back. We, we're back we, all, we represent. I don't know if you guys remember, I was actually on, um, you know, he played baseball at Ohio state. I was on the first team that, uh, the coach that Nick had there, um, back, back in the long ago days. So, yeah, but my father-in-law went to Ohio state as well. So he's a, he's real quick. a big fan. Your father-in-law did. Yeah. yeah that's cool. He played rugby there. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. the fields are like right down the street from where I grew up, actually. I grew up literally, I was actually born at Ohio State. So, oh, wow. Um, was supposed to go play. Well, could have been drafted out of high school, uh, wanted to do that. Um, but parents wanted me to go to school. And then I went to school and played for a year, and it was just a disaster. I got yeah. redshirted, should not have been in school at the time. And, you know, Blah blah blah. Yeah. So, um, I'm recording already. I just kind of jump right in by that. So, oh good. But, right. but th- I mean, I just you know, like Derek and I've been talking for a while. Um, and just, I just want to say thanks to you guys for doing this because I think it's one of those things where 
you know, we t- on this podcast and what I do in in the business, the abstract athletes, we really talk about like the importance of you know having a physical activity and a creative activity, and obviously you get both made it to the highest level in football. Um, as and I assume you guys met when you were on the Colts. Is that correct? I don't want to assume correct. that, but we did. We met back in 1995, uh, rookie year. Yep. Um, yeah. and. It, but yet, like, I think you're both like entrepreneurs and, and I'm really seriously interested in, you know, Chris, you started a company called Peels. Um, it is a CBD company made out of orange peels. And, and Derek, you work, you're the senior vice, vice president of sales, correct? Yeah, with sales. Yep. Um, I think it's absolutely fascinating um, when I, when you initially had mentioned this, we all met through clubhouse. Thank God I stumbled into the room that you guys used to do. Um, I, I just find it fascinating because I think it destigmatizes what CBD is because I think still a lot of people don't want to do CBD because of the association with marijuana or coming from a, you know, a, a plant. So I definitely want to get into that. I, I also want to talk about you know, sports <laughs> a little bit and how you got there, um, you know, and, and all those things. But I, I like, I've just been really truly fascinated by the company that, you know, you started and, and how, how that came about, um, how, you know, like through your, through you meeting in 95, did, was it something that you guys knew you wanted to do something together in the future? Um, Cause that's something actually my business partner and I, met working in a record store back in at Ohio state. <laughs> and, and we always knew that we were both high level athletes, but we always kind of, and we're creatives and we always knew we kind of wanted to do something. So, and I don't really know where we want to start, but just like freaking start I, I, I can jump in. <laughs> yeah. Ron, I can jump in with that real quick. So to, to answer your question, I mean, listen, when Chris and I met in 95, we're, we're rookies, right? We're just trying to get going in the league, man. The last thing on our mind was like, Hey man, we should, uh, get out of the NFL and start a company together. You know, that, that's not, you know, that wasn't going through our mind at that time. Uh, Chris was way more blessed than I was, was able to play 11 years in the league. Uh, So I was out of the league a lot longer or a lot sooner than Chris was. And I was off and running with my, uh, with my next life, with my, uh, my career in sports supplements. So, you know, I, I got going at about 2000 with a company called EAS and, you know, been involved in sports nutrition since then. And, you know, Chris, when he got out of football, I'll let him tell his story. But, you know, he went down a different path with the hedge fund and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, running basketball teams. Again, I'll let him talk about all that. And, you know, I don't know if it ever really materialized in a conversation that we want to get together and and form this business until this opportunity with Peels came along that Chris was presented. And then when the opportunity came to, to get the company going and build a brand and get the get sales going, that's when he reached out to me and said, dude, I think we finally have something you and I can work together on. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about peels here down the road, but yeah, to answer your question, it wasn't something that we originally thought of. We just kind of hit it off as friends and we enjoyed each other's company. And the fact that we now get to, you know, 25, 26 years later down the road, work together um, is, is just extra, right? That's just kind of the gravy. Uh, you know, the friendships, what holds everything together, but uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. I would echo that. I mean, yeah, look, we've, we've remained dear friends throughout the, throughout the years. I can't believe how many years it's been, but, um, you know, I, I went to Derek's point, I went down a different path. I, uh, retired from football in 2007 and, and joined this hedge fund in 2008 and then had a bunch of different roles. I was a trader. I ran a business in Tokyo for a year and then came back and were involved in some other businesses, you know, underneath this kind of hedge fund umbrella. And then, Got more involved in the private equity venture capital side of things and um, was the CEO of a health and wellness company that my firm invested in. And really, you know, look, I, I've always been obsessed with optimizing my health and performance in the most safe, natural ways. And, 
you know, it was a really big eye-opening experience for me, you know, as far as just being proactive with your health, right? Like people only go to the doctor when they're sick and, you know, and there's things you can do uh, to be proactive about, uh, about your health and making good decisions every day. And obviously I don't expect people to be maniacs. You know, I, I get up at five and cold plunge and sauna and work out and all that stuff, but, you know, it's, it's very simple. And, I think I got to a point in my life where, you know, I wanted to build something. I really wanted to make an impact. Um, I had been looking at the CBD space for quite some time and helped some groups raise money and, you know, did some experiments with the NFL and tested out a bunch of brands. And I just, I, I thought there was a need to do something different. Um, and I luckily met my partners in the deal and and they had this, this technology, this idea uh, they they had a friend at this biotech company that were was a leader in developing cannabinoids not derived from hemp or cannabis and God there's so much opportunity there you know 60 percent of the workforce has some kind of drug screening and can't take CBD or my mom who's 80 years old has been in pain you know unfortunately for 40 years and you know relying on prescription meds and and uh, which is horrible for you and you know but she thinks she's going to get high from rubbing CBD cream on her knees so then there's middle America that has some you know a negative sentiment of of weed or THC or doesn't know the difference between CBD THC doesn't know what cannabinoids are so you know we knew there was a massive opportunity we wanted to you know put a legitimate brand together and a legitimate team together obviously Derek was the first call I made, you know, for the sales side, because, you know, I love Derek as a friend and I trust him and he's got great relationships and great experience and all that stuff. And that's, you know, when you're building a young company, you want the right people involved and uh, people you can trust, people, you know, they're going to grind with you. And so we've been off on the, you know, off to the races and, and uh, have since put together some really good team members. And, uh, you know, we got a great opportunity. We're, we're pursuing a lot of opportunities, both here domestically and internationally. And uh, it just, it's, it's a great way for me personally, with my background to make an impact and to help people, not only former meathead athletes like me, but people like my mom. And if I can, if I can weed my mom off prescription medications, that's, that's a win for me big time. No, that, and if I can help more people, and make CBD accessible to more people by using, you know, uh, a source other than hemp or cannabis. That's, that's huge. No, I, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like I, you know, I, I think about my mother who, who's actually for almost being 80s in pretty great health, but she's had knee surgery and she's, you know, arthritis and different things. And I've been trying to get her on CBD and my older sister's a nurse and we've been, you know, trying to get her and, the literally the day that you guys mentioned the peels company i like texted her immediately I was like holy shit there's a company that i know these guys and it's it's made from orange peels there's no there's no like connection to weed there's like like it, it you know just that the the that generation is so stuck on the idea that it's marijuana you're going to get stoned you're going to and it's yeah. and so i think that like this to me is so revolutionary. And I loved, I think I was reading the article that was in Forbes recently, and you were basically talking about what you just said. And, and this idea to me of like how it can really travel through all of the professional sports. It can go into all those businesses that you say that have drug tests without any, any fear of testing positive. And it's, it's just shocking to me. Like it was when, again, when you guys mentioned this, I was just blown away and, you know, not, not even thinking that this is possible. I mean, this, this has to be like really validating for both of you to, to be like on, for me, what it feels like on the tip of like something really revolutionary. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And Chris, I don't know. I, you can go into it here, but I remember when Chris first reached out to me about it, I was like, but I, I don't know, you know, I live here in Colorado, you know, Chris is in California. So there's CBD and dispensaries and stuff. You know, on every corner, it Literally. seems like. But there, there's thousands of CBD companies out there. I, I'm, I'm not interested, man. I'd love to do something with you, but I'm out. He goes, no, 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 hear me out on this, man. It's derived from citrus peels. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> right, what, are you, what are you talking about, dude? You can't get CBD from, from citrus peels. And he's like, no, no, hear me out. Let me just give you tell you why. So, Chris, if you want to just take 30 seconds, give the quick elevator pitch on, on how CBD is derived from, from citrus peels, that'll probably clear the air a little bit here for the listeners. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, it's a, you know, 
I think we all admit it's a confusing space and there's a lot of consumer education needs to go into this to, you know, really educate people and make them aware of the benefits. But for us, we were trying to find the purest from the process at all. And we were lucky enough to find this biotech partner, but essentially I'll, and I'll, I'll kind of dumb it down a little bit, but it's, you take the terpenes and citrus peels and you combine it with a Livitol, which is a naturally occurring compound under heat and pressure in the presence of a catalyst. And you're able to basically recreate the molecule. And what comes out on the other side is this pure crystalline CBD. So it's molecularly identical or the same molecule chemically as, as hemp or cannabis drive CBD, but without, you know, everything that goes in the process is found in nature and everything that comes out of the process is found in nature. So essentially you have the same benefits, but we don't use any class one or two solvents. There's no pesticides, no toxins. And then you look at the sustainability, you know, we're a, we're a purpose-driven company. Sustainability is huge, right? Like to produce one kilogram, uh, to produce one kilogram of CBD, you know, hamper cannabis uses drastically, uh, significantly um, uh, amount more water, CO2, uh, power. I mean, so, you know, it, everything we do is, is all about the customer. You know, we want to make it, like I said earlier, Ram, we want to make CBD accessible to more people. We want to educate people on, look, this is an amazing science discovery, you know, and, and if you look at how vitamins are made and, and, you know, pharmaceuticals are made, you know, they're made similar to, to how our CBD is made, you know, technically it's in a lab, but you're controlling the inputs and you're controlling the outputs. And so it's very, very, very clean. It's 99.5%, you know, pure each and every time. And you can't say that with hemp or cannabis. I mean, we all know how you extract um, CBD from hemp or cannabis and the crops and hemp being a bioaccumulator. There's a lot of stuff involved and, you know, they used Hanford, you know, as a bioaccumulator of Chernobyl. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a massive opportunity. It's amazing science. You got to build a legitimate brand. You got to get some really good agencies involved to help you. You know, it's, it's difficult in the advertising and marketing space and CBD because, you know, uh, they have these regulations and we think that we should be, you know, excused from those regulations, but it takes a lot of education and, and getting on the phone with the right decision makers and, you know, getting some lobbyists on our side and all that good stuff. So we're, we're making good headway. And then for us, it's like, how do we, how do we put really good stamps of approval or, and add credibility to what we're doing? Well, we want to lead the category in trust. We want to lead the category in transparency. We have amazing third-party accredited lab testing, you know, lab results. We got, we were awarded the 2021 Clean Label Project Purity Award, certified pesticide-free, certified uh, THC-free. I mean, those are the things you do to make consumers feel comfortable, right? Like there's a lot of, a lot of brands that are being pulled off the shelf because they, their products have more more THC than advertised, and more C, or less CBD than advertised, and that's that's not what we're going for. When we say a thousand milligrams, it's a thousand milligrams or more, and and we want to, you know, really make good customer centric, data driven decisions. Like, what are what are customers looking for? What delivery methods are they looking for? What price points? Uh, you know, what what products are the most bioavailable? There's a lot of stuff that goes into this, but at the end of the day, it's all about the consumer, right? It's it's listening to them, keeping your ear to the ground on on you know what they want, uh, you know, and then and then figure out what aligns with us and our core values as a brand. Like you know, vaping, for example, it's probably not going to go down that route because you know for obvious reasons. So. Um, so yeah, man, we get, we're, we're super excited. We're, we're, we're growing here and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of opportunities. We just want to really stay disciplined as a group and, uh, make good decisions, align with the right partners. And, and, you know, you said it earlier, it's all about team. It's all about being on the same page and having a common mission. And, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to have Derek, uh, you know, on our team and, and, uh, it's fun, man, to be able to work with your buddies is, is fun. <laughs> I, and, dude, uh, I, that's why I asked that question earlier. Like, was it something, um, that you guys had talked about before, but you know, like going back to the, to, to the peel stuff, you know, early on, Chris, you said, you know, being proactive. And I think both of you have kind of uh, insinuated that in terms of you're both very physically fit. Like I work out every day, whether it's running sprints and stairs, which is probably, I'm too old to do that shit, but I still do. But, um, 
and then, and then the wellness component that you're talking about, because that's I, I use that that word all the time with what we're trying to do in terms of I want everybody to have a creative practice and be proactive in it because it's good for our mental health. Physically act, act, exercising is good for our mental health. This is again like it's the same thing, and and I wonder, is it something? that you guys as again, former professional athletes in a, in a very violent sport that, you know, were, you were both in a time where they were prescribing, you know, Vicodin and oxycodone. Was it something that was really, was that part of your thinking into doing this because you realized that this is such, such a really good, clean way, like you mentioned earlier, like clean way to, for, for health and recovery. Yeah, look, there's two things. One is, you know, we live in a society where there's a pill for everything, right? And people think there's this magic pill. There's a pill to get you up. There's a pill to get you down, yep. you know, and, and what we're trying to do as a brand, I mean, we have great wellness solutions, but we're trying to be a lifestyle brand. We're trying to, trying to teach people that, you know, your, your daily routines are important uh, both for your physical and mental health. And not only, you know, we want to make Peel's products a part of people's daily routines, but like teach people about getting better sleep or moving or, you know, getting sun or taking, you know, vitamin D or, you know, just the, the kind of X's and O's of health and wellness um, are, are important to us as a brand. And we're trying to teach our customers that and be good influences on them. And of course, we want to sell products, but we also want to contribute to society and make people healthier. I mean, we're, we're in trouble as a society here and, you know, people are advertising shitty food and, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about, you know, cardiovascular health and, and what foods are good for you, what's not. And so it's a complex situation, but we're, we're trying to do our, our job as a brand to, like I said, begin to influences have great products for people uh, to solve their use cases. Um, but also, you know, we want to make peels, you know, sitting in your vitamin uh, counter right next to your multivitamin and your, you know, vitamin D and, and magnesium and stuff like that. So now I, 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 again, like that's, that's the thing to me that it, again, going back to when you guys mentioned this, my, my head like kind of exploded and it's just like, this really is truly going to open it up to everybody without that fear. I mean, you still, I think you still have to get over that with some people because they're still going to hear CBD. Well, if it's, even if it's from orange peels, there's gotta be something illicit about it, that it's, it's wrong. And it's, just, it's pretty incredible to me. Like I, I, again, like I commend you guys because I, I think you really are trailblazers uh, in a lot of ways with this. Yeah, Ron, you yeah, and I think back back when we played, I mean, heck, you had said the prescription drugs and just heck having vats. I mean, I'm not kidding you, vats of like Advil and Tylenol like that in the training room. It's just crazy. The, the opioid addiction in the U.S. is, I mean, well documented. It's, it's sad. I mean, it's just and so if we can provide an all natural, healthy way to kind of get ahead of the curve and be proactive instead of reactive and taking care of your like we've been talking about here, not only your physical health, but your mental health as well. So you're sleeping better. Uh, pain management, your pain's down, whether it's stress or anxiety, you know, we're helping out with all those factors, those kind of three buckets where CBD can help out. It just, it helps out in the overall picture here, right? Without having to rely on popping pills, like Chris had alluded to. So yeah, again, back to the tagline of, you know, CBD available for everybody. Um, it just works. It's great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about the other leagues, but I know the NFL is doing a better job of, you know, one educating players uh, on alternatives. Uh, you know, they just committed to doing some research on CBD and THC. And uh, look, I mean, in the days that I played, and Derek can attest to this, I was I would have done anything to stay on the field. And and I probably, looking back, you know, look at some of the crazy things I did. And you know, shooting up my foot to play eight weeks with a torn plantar fascia, or you know, playing with broken ribs, or you know, whatever. But the reality is like, I was an undrafted free agent and I was replaceable. And so I had to do whatever I can do to stay on the field week in and week out and, or else I'm going to be replaced. And so, you know, look, I had a shot of tort all in the butt 
you know, every game for 10 years. Uh, they never educated me on the possible side effects of that. They never educated me on the possible side effects of, of you know, Vicodin and, and Ambien and, you know, and, and look, it, those are different days now, but I think the NFL is doing a better job. And so, for us, you know, look, I wish I had peels when I played football. I wouldn't have to rely on those things. And so, you know, it's talking to the NFLPA, it's educating them on why. And and at the end of the day, whether we're talking to a retailer or, you know, a league like the NFLPA or, or the NFL or the PGA of America, which I'm talking to, like, look, this is your risk-free solution, guys. This is, this is a really way to help your players and provide alternatives to these toxic medications you know and if you care about your players you guys should be open-minded enough to look at this and and look we have the lab results to prove it and uh you know the stamps of credibility and so and, you know it's a process guys and we're making good headway and we have great products we have great branding and and uh it's just going to take some time but i think this thing could be big and i think we can help a lot of people which is the most important thing but and i think you said something in that as well chris that it's like when you make it to that level, like you're always replaceable, you know, so you do do anything. And back then the anything was taking a shot in your, in your butt every week or whatever. And it's, it's sad, but it, I think at the back end of it, like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of actually offensive linemen, for instance, Derek, that are in, in the, the CBD, um, marijuana field, um, that I find really interesting. I, um, God, I'm totally spaced. Kyle Turley. Yep. Yeah, I had Kyle on a couple seasons ago. Kyle's in it, and there's the other guy that just uh, retired a couple years ago that I think Kyle knows as well, but that started the Revenant brand, I think, or something like that. But it's mm -hmm. like I, I, I think it just proves the point that this stuff is needed, and and I think, like you said, Chris, that it the NFL is definitely changing. I think that the NBA is definitely, you know, like they're not even testing anymore for, for weed, let alone, you know, like, so even doing CBD, like you're not going to be able, but like, I, I, again, for me, just the benefit of, of the, what you guys are doing is just eliminating that fear for people that are going to have that fear that it is, comes from a, a marijuana plant. And I just, it's, to again, like I keep harping on it, but it's like, to me, it's just revolutionary and it's just, it's mind blowing. And it's so cool to me that it's happening. Yeah. As more and more like clinicals come out, Ron, and uh, you know, more information has been made available, not only on CBD, but whether it's hemp derived or citrus derived, there's just more and more information. So the leagues are paying attention to this yep. and they're, they're not, they're not blind to the fact that, listen, there, there's other alternatives out there and we, we'd be foolish not to take a look at these. And like Chris had just mentioned, the NFL just launched a big case study uh, to utilize CBD as, as a form of pain management. And, you know, so, so leagues are opening their eyes and they're, they're realizing that there's other, there's other options out there. And, and listen, there's, there's plenty of data out there with regards to, uh, you know, what the opioids can do to these players long-term. Um, so, yeah. Well, it, they have they're, to they're listen to their, they have to listen to their former players. I mean, again, like I think that there's just that groundswell of, of former NFL players that talk about this, that right. you need, you need to listen to them. And yeah, hockey I, as well. I just read an article yeah. about hockey that, uh, you know, those guys live, I mean, back when, uh, when, I, when we were playing football, I got to know a lot of hockey guys and they, you know, they lived on Sudafed as an yeah. upper form, right? So they Advil and Sudafed, they just hammered that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of ex players that are coming forth now, and they're they're starting to look at other options. So it's good. It's good for the whole whole category, the whole industry. You guys actually, I mean, I know Chris, you played, you actually played baseball at Yale as well, correct? I did. Yep. And I want to ask you. This is a random off the cuff question, but there's a famous artist that played for just a second at Yale football, Matthew Barney. I think it was overlapped. Do you remember him? I don't. He's, okay. um, he was, he's like this famous artist that ended up marrying Bjork at one point in time. Oh, wow. And, and, but he, he, I, he went the artist way at that moment, but it was like one of those random yeah. questions. But Derek, did you, did you play other sports? Like you're a big dude, like you're what, six, eight or something? I assume. Yeah. I always yeah, want to assume you played basketball, but <laughs> I did. I, I did. I was, uh, so growing up, played baseball, basketball, and football. And I was also a swimmer. My, my best sport actually was swimming. And, about the age of 12, 13, my swim coach came to me and said, Derek, you need to start focusing on the 88 Olympics. 
I mean, I was kind of at that level and, uh, but you got to give up all these other sports. Yeah. You got to train year round. I mean, six, seven hours in the pool. You got, you know, you got to focus on this. And I'm like, I'm a big believer, big proponent of multi-sport athletes. Even to this day, I have two daughters. Uh, they've now chosen their sports that they're off to college doing, but, uh, you know, growing up, I exposed them to all kinds of different sports and they played multi-sports growing up. And I just believe, listen, eventually you're going to end up focusing on one sport if you're an athlete, but it's these other sports that you play that make you better at your primary sport, right? So, no, I, I was a, a basketball player, a swimmer, and baseball player as well. But I think like that, that to me, I, I agree with you on the multi-sport. I played baseball, basketball, football through high school and baseball was kind of the one. I could chuck a football probably... 65 70 yards at my height but i'm six foot i wasn't gonna play pro football i mean i mean russell wilson who is look at drew Brees, man drew Drew Brees is like he's got big ass hands i got these teeny ass hands russell wilson's (laughs) actually from uh richmond where i live now and like that's the thing about russell's like russell's got those huge hands and i that's the only thing as an athlete that i ever i didn't want to be taller or bigger or whatever it's just like i just wanted bigger hands because football like i could dunk a basketball but i needed stick them to palm a basketball yeah. i was like 510 dunking and and but it was just like that that thing did you guys ever do any like chris you were in colorado did you guys do anything like creative wise in terms of your like you know painting drawing writing any of that stuff well as far as colorado i was colorado I, I was jail you <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I was, um, unfortunately, I was all about sports. Uh, you know, sports are my obsession as a kid and kind of my outlet. It's funny, my my kids are very creative kids, uh, and, and it just makes me so happy. I mean, they're athletes as well, but I'm so proud of the creative side they have and, and their interest in art and music and and stuff like that. I think I just wasn't exposed to it uh, in this small town in Connecticut as a kid. And my I'll send you guys this, a couple of know, our journals. My older by the went way. to this preschool. Now my younger goes to this preschool. And yeah, but I, I, I wish I was more creative. I'm, I'm a horrible artist. Ah, uh, whatever. You know, I, I just, I just again, which wasn't wasn't exposed to it as a kid. quick break make sure again to go check out peel's website that's p-e-e-l-s.com and follow them at on social media at get peels you can also follow both derek and chris on instagram derek is at derek west 72 chris is at c-h-e-t-h-4-4 a reminder to check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network the abstract doctors and one man's ethos the tony mandridge podcast now back to Derek and Chris. Uh, by the way, I, I got a I got a little surprise for you guys. Go ahead. Uh, well, it's coming here in a second. Oh, what they will let anybody on this podcast. Wow. T Dot. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Great to see your face, dude. (laughs) I I figured I couldn't do this without out bringing the man, the myth, the legend on here. So now, now you got to tell the Sprite story, Derek. So no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's for another time. That's a story I would be proud of. (laughs) The seven up Sprite story. I don't know if it was seven up or Sprite. No, I, you know, man. Not much, man. Just grinding away like everybody else. Yep. Doing the work and just trying to do the best. Good to see you guys. Oh, buddy. It's great, great to, to see, see you, man. We're going to yeah. be doing um, an exhibition in February and March down in Phoenix that'll be highlighting his work. If you happen to be in Phoenix during that time, I'll make sure I say When it. is it, Ron? Amazing. February and March, like both months. So um, wow. so if you're uh, if you're down there. I'll be actually driving through Colorado probably in December to pick up a, a quick, easy flight for me, man. I'd love yeah. to come down for that. Yeah. I'm here. Derek, you're in Colorado, right? I am buddy. Chris, Chris, are you there? I'm in, uh, I'm in California, Santa Monica. Okay. Um, Derek, I might be going to a place called basalt, Colorado. Yeah. Um, maybe in a couple of weeks. Okay. Moving basalt. or are you just going there for, 
for uh, it's a it's a PRP treatment um, for uh, TBI and post you know concussion stuff. Yep. It's it's really I, I want to kind of get ahead of the game. Okay. Before Chris thinks I'm really dumb. <laughs> hey, remember we have a traumatic brain injury doctor on staff yeah. here, Tony. We're all listen. Good. If you're if you're inviting me on here, you have a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> oh, so we good. know that's oh, true, man. actually. No, but um, we, you know, we we've been talking about their new company Peels here, and and what like what I just kind of find scientifically fascinating in, in terms of what it can do for breaking down the barriers of what people think CBD is um, talking yeah. about, you know, the history of how they met and, and, yeah. and all that stuff and, and talk, starting to talk a little creativity. And of course, Chris said he's not creative, which I, th- I call bullshit because everybody's yeah. creative. So everybody's creative. <laughs> it just doesn't show as much at Yale. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they, they're trying to hide it with all this artsy fartsy you know intellectual right <laughs> i mean we take colorado's coach and bring him to michigan state hey, hey, hey. Ron, this isn't like michigan state uh top four college football playoffs come on now. i i i'm like don't I'm, make I'm no don't college. make me uh, uh <laughs> right <laughs> the ohio state yes tell me oh. tony tell me you text uh harbaugh after that game on saturday I, I didn't. I um, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> if I had it, you know, I sure as shit would have. I guarantee that. You know, it was um, it, it was you know, it's funny because we played against Jimmy um when I was in college. Even though I didn't like physically play against him because we're both on offense, but one of the our my second year there, I think one of our guys broke his arm, and so he had to go out of the like rest of the season. He was done. Oh, wow. But um. You know, then ironically, years later, end up blocking for him, and it's it's just a it's a funny, it's an amusing um, sense of humor that someone upstairs has. How we all cross paths at one time or another, you know. Yeah. And um, whether we're drinking two liter two liter bottles of Seven Up or <laughs> hey, doing a foot wedge, <laughs> you know, doing a foot wedge, and hey, look, I'll just do a foot wedge and take a nine on this. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing 315-pound curls with the barbell like Tony. Right. <laughs> yeah, we did some uh, – Oh, man. You know, I was like, why do you do that? And it's like, because we can, yeah. right? And it's like, because yeah. we won't always be able to. Like, you know, today we can't do it, so – or at least yeah. I can't. But um, Ron, Tony would be like, well, how do you get you know, I still, you know. Like, I don't know. He's like, too big weight. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, I you know, and we have a mutual wall. We did a tricep pushdown. <laughs> we did some crazy stuff. And Derek remembers the shrug contest we had with Zoot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Ron, Ron, our strength coach at Indianapolis, a guy named Tom, Tom Zupancic, right? He was an alternate. I think he made, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he made the 80 Olympic wrestling team. Oh, and that's our team. Yeah, boycotted the games that year and then 84 rolls around in LA and he was an alternate on the team. So never got to participate in the Olympics anyway. So he was a, you know, wrestler, but you know, big power lifter, but you know, not necessarily bodylifting guy, but I mean, this guy was a maniac. So it was one of those things. Every time we're in the weight room, I mean, if you're benching, you got a bench shirt on, if you're squatting, you got a squat suit on and you're loading your body up with way too much weight. Every single time you're lifting, we're, I mean, literally breaking, smelling salts, like, <laughs> Smell these things. Around. Let's go. And we're just going crazy. Like, it's just, oh my gosh. Man, those are, those are great memories, man. Those are great memories. <laughs> Look at you. You're so awesome. In case I got to edit like some images or do photography at just an intense level, I have some, I have smell. Oh hey, I may, I may have those in my drawer too. Right. I only remember using that once when I got pounded in a football game because my offensive line sucked. See, I needed both of you guys at the bottom here blocking for me because no, no offense, Upper Arlington football, that they they couldn't block. And I remember get, getting pounded and walking off the field and somebody went, bing, and, it was like, and I was like, whoa, I'm awake now. And I, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, we my I, I think I told Tony this before. My weightlifting coach at Ohio State was Rick Spielman. Chris's brother. Chris's brother, yeah. Yeah. And uh he used to like 
torture us and i sucked it i i you know us quarterbacks we don't lift weights so <laughs> and didn't rick go on to chicago to be, be there like player personnel or something he's the gm of the vikings i believe now yeah yeah at one time he was with chicago i remember yeah. but yeah what a, what a football family that is but like you know Derek, I mean, I see Derek for the first time, and this guy is like six foot eight, like 320. He's got like 10% body fat. He's like, Yeah, I'm really not a lifter. And I'm like, WTF, right? <laughs> you know, Chris walks in, he's chiseled like a Greek god. And I'm like, You know, he probably, you know, what? And he, I find out he goes to Yale, and I'm like, What the hell's going on here? I'm like, Can you actually have a garden hose going through your biceps and have gone to an Ivy League school? Uh, <laughs> but it was man. these these guys had the most patience for my golf game it was incredible these guys were the, i would try to wear the tightest shirts for my arms to intimidate the golf course and it never seemed <laughs> to work i was did. always i was always hitting three off the tee that was our off season we'd uh Yep. show up we'd work out we had standing tea times at noon and uh then we'd go to a local restaurant and drink yeah. two little balls of seven up <laughs> <laughs> and let them go right <laughs> Man. what is it two liters i don't know how many ounces of two liters what is that it's got to be like ask the guy from yale <laughs> you're right he just has but that in his brain right too much. i'm telling you what too uh, much. Make, a, it. make a long story short if if there was whatever ounces, <laughs> the bet was I bet you can't down that without like stopping. Yeah. And he freaking got to there must have been like three drops left, and he and it <laughs> got to that point where it's just like you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> Me and Mo Dog, remember Mo Dog was laughing. Steve Morrison, we were dying laughing. Oh, it was so funny. Man, good Moments you'll never forget. Nope. Good memories. That that that's a good point tony because like is that the thing that you all miss the most is the locker room it's not necessarily the games but it's just like the camaraderie that you build with with the team like because for me my my end was you know like that like i ended up quitting baseball and because baseball is like football in the sense that you can it's not in the same you can get drafted out of high school but if you go to college you have to be there for three years and i quit after my first year. So I was done. And then just like that whole system of like what I'd grown up, you know, Chris, you said sports was your life. That was my life. And then it was just gone. So was that, is that the thing that you guys miss the most about? You know, probably the most common question, and I don't want to speak for Tony and Chris, but probably the most common question you always get, whether you're at a football game or talking to somebody that, Hey, Oh my God, this guy played in the NFL, you know, whatever. The most common question is, do you miss it? And my, Quick responses, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't miss the game of football. Yeah. What I do miss, Ron, to your point, I miss the guys. Yeah. I miss guys like Tony and Chris. I miss that locker room environment. I wish everyone could go through the experience of living in a locker room, let alone an NFL locker room, right? Because you have literally have guys from every walk of life, every type of economic background ever. I mean, you get to meet guys, you probably would never get the opportunity to meet and you're a better person for it. Right. It's, it's something about that. I mean, when you walk in a locker room, you know, race issues, social issues, you know, whatever, it goes out the window. We're all the same. And it's just so cool. It's such a great environment that that's what I miss. And, and game day. I mean, game day is there's nothing like it, but you, you miss the guys. I don't miss the sport at all. I like waking up feeling great. I, I like, you know, not feeling like I've been hit by a truck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't miss the game. You just miss the guys. Yeah. You don't miss the shrugs, 106 reps of shrugs. That's <laughs> 500 pounds. Nope. I, <laughs> I still do high rep stuff like that, but not with that much weight. Man. High volume, high volume. I, I would, I would have to, you know, second what Derek said, you know, I, you know, I do miss game day, like that adrenaline rush and, and, oh. You know, but I don't like I miss the camaraderie more. I miss the the stories of what we talked about. And like even in the off season. And then the stories like of you know meeting Zoop for the first time and and you know being coached and kind of you know, for me it was the second time around in the league, meeting guys like Chris. I mean, you're talking like like Derek said, all walks of life. And it's like nobody cared 
about anybody's background or anything. We were there as a cohesive unit to with the same goal, right? And then if you look back in history, at least from what I've looked back at, the teams that end up winning Super Bowls, not they don't just have the great talent because everybody in the NFL is good, but they also cohesively you know, are tight in the weight room, in the locker room, weight room meetings, off the field, they hang out, they, they're, they're always kind of like watching out for each other. And that seems to be a common thing. And, and, uh, you know, not many people stress that much or talk about that part of it that much, but it's really that binding that, because everybody in the NFL is a freak, meaning that in a good way, like athletically, I mean, you're not in there by accident, yep. you know, right. but. I mean, so I also miss payday. Payday was good. <laughs> <laughs> the, checks, the checks were checks didn't suck. The checks were good. Yeah. Look, I I I I mirror both these guys' comments. I, I miss the competition. I love the game. You know, the game was good to me, like it was to all of us. And uh it's fun seeing my kids start out playing football and flag football. You know, I miss the competition. Uh I miss the preparation. You know, I, I just love that stuff. And, uh, you, you know, guys struggle. We hear these stories all the time. You can't replace that feeling. You can't replace the feeling of walking through the tunnel on game day and, you know, thousands and thousands of fans screaming. And, and uh, you know, you just can't replace that no matter what you do. And guys struggle. And you got to be at peace with that and move on and find your other joys in life or other passions. And Tony found it in photography and Derek and, you know, in the business world and sales and, and me in, in a bunch of different careers. But, um, you know, I for sure miss the guys and been fortunate enough to keep in contact with people. But it's just a special bond that, that you know, these players have. And it's so hard to make it in the NFL when you get there. You know, you're doing everything you can to survive. But uh, you just – I wish I – now that I look back and some of the biggest questions people ask me, I wish I slowed it down a little bit. I wish I, like – took a deep breath and soaked it in more. It just happened so quick and went by so fast. My 11 years, I'm like, Oh shit, how did this go by so fast? And I wish I, you know, would, would it, you know, enjoyed it a little more. It sounds weird, but I wish I just was more aware of like what was going on. I think I would have appreciated it more back when I was in it rather than looking back and be like, wow, that was freaking awesome. You know, like I met some amazing people. I learned from amazing people. I became a better football player, became a better human. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we have good coaches. We have bad coaches, but you learn from both of them. And, and uh, it's just a special, special experience. And, and to be able to look at guys like Tony that I looked up to and, and um, learned a lot from and see him have success in his, his next career. And, and Derek, you know, is a dear friend of mine and it was in my wedding. And I mean, that's, the, that's what it's all about. You know, you remember the games. I don't remember specific plays per se uh, sometimes, but you know, you remember the experiences and, the, and those are, those are the things that are special. Now, I, like I said, for me, it is, it, <clears throat> that's the biggest thing that I missed and continue, I think to miss because like you build those relationships and I mean, obviously life moves on. It's just, that's, you know, like we, we move on and, but like, I just got contacted by literally like my best friend growing up that we grew up playing baseball, you know, through, he went on and played in the minors and uh, we just, you know, lost touch because we do different things. He stayed in the sports world. He's still coaching baseball now back high school, back in Ohio. And, you know, I'm, I'm on this other path. But it was like nice to like kind of reconnect why I thought it would be kind of cool to bring all of you together because you did have this moment together in what, 96 to 98 or whatever, where it is like it is kind of bringing the locker room back in some weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's kind of cool. Like, it, you know, it, it's not it's it's nostalgic. Like you it, it to reminisce is not a bad thing um, because like all of you are successful in what you're doing, which is like really cool. And I think that I, I've, Tony and I have talked about this before. I think people that are like live in sports, whether it's, you know, high school or professionally, they have a different kind of mentality and how they attack life, how they attack business, how they, for me, how I attack being creative. And I like, I assume that that's part of what Chris and, and Derek, you guys in, in terms of peels, like, I think the way that you attack that business, that it's going to succeed because of that. Like Tony, as a photographer, like I, he, 
they're in stunning photographs. I know you guys, like we talked about that on clubhouse and you know, it, it's, I just think it's the camera. It's the camera. Right. (laughs) I just walk around and push buttons and well, no, Ron, Ron, to your point, the crazy thing is, and Tony, you can elaborate on it, buddy, but uh, it's all Mm self-taught. Yeah. I I remember talking to Tony about this. I mean, dude, it's been way too long, first of all. So I got to get back down there, but Tony and I went out to lunch one day and buddy, this is, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. Yeah. I was like, how did you like, whether it's web development or photography or like, how did you learn? Dude, it's all self-taught. It's 18 hour work days, 20 hour work days. It's researching, it's Googling, it's watching videos. It's, it's all self-taught, but Ron, to your point, uh, it, it's the, the characteristics and the discipline that was built through years of playing football or whatever sport that led Tony to be that successful. Cause he doesn't know, no, it's not his vocab. Right. So I don't know how to do it. I'm going to figure it out. All right. All right. Whether it's a game plan or how to block or whatever, how to build a website, how to take photographs, how to build a brand, a CBD company. If you figure it out, you know, like we say in the secret sauce, you know, the secret sauce to be the boss, get your ass up and get to work. There's no other, there's no secret recipe out there, guys. I mean, it's just, and so, but you learn that through athletics and that's, you know, one of the great things about it. And it also, to me, it eliminates the dumb jock idea. Like Tony sits there and, does literally all this stuff. Yeah. Like you said, Derek, self-taught it's like, yeah, dumb jock my ass. I mean, there's sorry, not, not going to play. Well, I kind of bring that back into play sometimes. (laughs) Most of the the time I would say. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He doesn't dare bring it up with Chris because you know, Chris will like use words that Derek can't even spell. Right. He holds up, he holds up that Y and just, I, I went to Yale. But he's right. Literally, it's like, you know, none of us have an allergy to work, you know, and we're not afraid to fail. I mean, because, you know, failure and adversity are guaranteed, whether it's privately or publicly. And it's, you know, it's like, look, failure, you're still learning from failure on what doesn't work. And, you know, there's old adages and old cliches that we all know about that. But it's it's a cliche because it's true. A lot of it's true. And, um, you know, it's a is it, I have people will sometimes be like, wow, I didn't realize it was so expensive for this like full day of photography. And I'm, you know, and it's like, I have to explain to them very briefly that which you're not just paying for this, you're paying for the last 20 years of me kind of consuming myself with all the learning and going to all these, you know, a lot of workshop events for Photoshop or for Canon or for, for whatever the case may be. And then how many hours do you spend on your own learning a certain, just a technique that you're rarely going to use, but you need it for this campaign, yep. you know? So it's, and it's the same in any business. Um, people don't see the amount, it's like an iceberg, right? People don't, they only see that top part. They don't see all the work that is under that water and it goes with their business, with my business, with what you're doing at, with the teaching and the art at school it's it's um it's just amazing and uh yeah there's the this, people that get it get it there's this question that people always ask artists painter like for me in particular they'll ask me how long did it take to make that painting and i always go 53 years because it's <laughs> like a good answer it's, it's the it's the it's my life and that and you know it's like that's part of how it comes together and i think in some ways that goes for all of us in in what we are doing like it's it's not just something that oh I've been doing for two years or whatever. Like the abstract athlete. Well, Chris and I met 30 years ago working in a record store in Ohio. That that was built from that point on, you know. And and so it's you know like I just think it's it's cool, you know. It, yeah. it is. That is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So I think for me, man, it's it's like being a pro. Like when we play at the level we played at, you figure out at least the good ones figure out how to be a pro, and and you take those uh, you know lessons into your your next life. And it's like, look, be a pro, man. <laughs> you know, if you're a pro, it's it's given that you're going to work hard. It's given that you're going to have discipline. It's given you're going to make sacrifices. And if you want to be great, you're going to do the things that other people don't want to do, period. And, you know, look, making it to the NFL is very difficult. Surviving the NFL is even more difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you can't rely on your God-given ability forever. And you got to learn how to, how to be a pro, how to improve your football IQ, how to study film, how to take care of your body, take care of your mind, you know, and, you know, and that's why I'm so blessed to be in the health and wellness space because 
you know, I think I can use those in an authentic way to help people. And, and uh, not only by the way I live my life, but, you know, the way I try to influence others in an authentic way. And, and I've got to a point in my life where, Ron, we talked about this earlier, I just really want to make an impact and, and help people. And I wish these solutions were available to me. Um, you know, I had my my issues with opiates and stuff, because, you know, that's what we did to stay on the field, you know, and, but if there was alternatives, I, w- I would have been open to it, but it wasn't an option, you know? No, I, and again, like that, there w- they weren't offered to us back then. So I like, anytime anybody says anything that somebody was addicted to opioids back in the eighties, nineties as a football player, it's like, that was what it was. Like, I mean, that's like, they, it was like popping pills. I, I mean, I, it just, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, like they can't, <clears throat> you can't change the past, but I, that's again, what I think is so cool. Cause you guys to me are changing the future. I, you yeah. know, and that, yeah. that, that potential to me, you know, I keep going back to this is just stunning and it, and it's so exciting to me. Um, well, it's a leg. I think a big part of it is the, you know, now we're all at the age, you know, I'm 55. These guys are younger than me. And, and but we're all at the at, a, at an age where we start to think about our legacy like yeah. what is you know when we leave this rock what are people going to say about us right and so really when when i wake up in the morning it's the first thing i realize it's not about me it's about what i can do as far as like of service to other people and whether and that doesn't mean it has to be a paid job it could be like whatever just opening a door holding a door open for somebody coming in the building or at the grocery store it doesn't matter what it is um it's just it's kind of like fundamentally doing the right thing you know just yeah. and i always take it because i can complicate things i always do what kind of football taught me is bring it back to fundamentals you know if we got blown out in a game we knew the next week practice was all going to be about blocking and tackling yep. like 101 football 101 and we're like we're pros and they're like well you didn't show it on sunday right because <laughs> you got blown out so it all comes back and i try to do that when i veer off and i'm going why isn't this working it's because i'm complicating i'm trying to make it fancy i'm trying to impress people too much by doing like these bells and whistles and it's like just keep it simple keep it fundamental stay focused and keep moving you know and and I think the like, you know, reciprocity is a huge thing, you know, that comes back to you. And, you know, so it's it's it, I, I know life has become a lot easier and gentler to live when it's not about me. Uh, when it's about me and it's about ego and it's about selfishness, you get what kind of happened in Green Bay with me. Amen, brother. That's a, that's a t-shirt that's right there, awesome. Tony. We're going to put that, we're going to put that on. We're going to have that. Like, it should be a t-shirt of a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like that's, it's deep. Like again, I, Tony, you and I've talked a lot about yeah. life and, and different things. And I, and I, like, I do think that you are such a great case study in, in surviving slash thriving because for me, you know, I don't know how many people have, would, would have been able to be out of the NFL for three years, right? You're out of it three, four, three, three years and coming back. Like, first of all, that's amazing, but just how you turned your life around and what you do to inspire people. Um, I mean, all of you guys, like I, Tony, like I always wanted you to get on the clubhouse with these guys and, and Nick and, and the other Chris, um, I couldn't Rondo. afford an iPhone. Yeah. You could, he didn't have an iPhone. I was going to send you my burner phone. So, um, but I think like that, the way that, you know, like the inspiration that you guys did in the secret sauce room, it, it is like it, it, you know, it was, I don't know the right word to say, but like people like opened up in that room. Yeah. Uh, and I found it fascinating and so needed for some people, uh, and it's just like, it's healing. And I know that like Tony does that, like, you know, like talking to different people and, and going and doing seminars and, and talks. And I just think that Tuesday night meeting. there's, yeah, there's, there's the legacy right there because it's, it's one of those things that Tony and I know you and I have talked about. It's like, you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to, but you do. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, and I, I, I say the same for you, Derek and Chris, like you didn't have to do that room. In clubhouse 
every week or twice a week there for a while, but you did and you showed up and people opened up to you guys. And, and I think it's, I, I think it's important that there is this healing and talking and, and discussion that goes on. And, uh, you know, I, I always, I, I talk about this all the time on this podcast, but it's just people that are inspiring to me. It's so fun to have on here because it just goes out in the world because that, again, there's your legacy right there, you yeah. know, because you you're like, you guys are all changing people's lives, whether it's going to be through peels, whether it's through your photographs, whether it was through the rooms and clubhouse, you did like, you're already changing people or already have changed people's lives. And that's, that's something that should, you know, and the path, to your point to the paths, the cross, like with Scott G. Yep. Right. I mean, it's just so funny. Like, yeah. you know, when he texts me and he goes, I talk to two of your boys, he actually goes three of your guys. Yeah. And I'm like, are you like, how did you hook up with me? <laughs> it's like, it's just like, I'm it's like this. Um, do they have a drinking problem or something? <laughs> <laughs> are they taking a hydration, right? Today? Sprite. Yeah. yeah. You know, the problem with sodas. <laughs> Right, <laughs> they're over overdoing it on carbonation. <laughs> but yeah, it's a small world that way, and you know what you sow, you reap. I like that's a cliche that I think is true. What you put out in the world, you're going to get back, and if you put crap out, you're going to get crap back. Yep. And, and and it's just that's been my personal experience, like my personal, even my own case studies. I'm going to not be so nice, and then <laughs> my week isn't as smooth. Right. And I'm like, okay, I did that on purpose, you know, and I wasn't like super like mean, but I was just like, I'm not going to be as friendly or approachable. And then it's like, it's automatic. It almost happens like a natural law on this planet. And um, it, it is a softer, easier way to be giving and, and to be helping people. And you know what, especially the people that are not popular to be around and people, a lot of, when, when it's easy for the majority to kick them when they're down, yep. be that person that, put your hand out to pick them up and help them up because there were people that did it to me, like both, you know, that helped me and I will never forget those people, you know, and, 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 and they don't want to be like recognized. Like they don't want to be like, Hey, you know, drop my name here or there. It's like, they're just like, no, it's just the way I live. And it's like, and then I would think to myself, my God, like people actually do this and don't expect nothing back, you know? And it's like, wow, what a way to live. You know, and then the experience with playing you know, football with these guys is was a great experience. I mean, whole new perspective. It was, of course, a whole new perspective for me playing in the NFL sober with clear eyes, too. But then to be accepted and then, you know, to, you know, I mean, how many times we golfed and just, I mean, just hung out and just like, that's the stuff that we talked about earlier. We touched on about that camaraderie and, um and it's just, it's, that's not been replaceable for me, even though I'm okay. And I'm not like on a, my lifelong mission is not to replace that or find that. I don't think it's replaceable. I think it has its own special spot, even in the, you know, rooms of 12 step programs. I mean, you're in rooms with people, all of those people are sick and they've almost all died at one point in their life. And there is a camaraderie, but believe it or not, it's still not as tight as the camaraderie that we had in the locker room, yeah. which is, which I found very interesting. And, and it's just, you know, those moments you'll cherish. For, I mean, I'll cherish those for the rest of my life. Yeah. Back to your point, Tony, isn't it funny how yeah, same life, here. life is so simple. If you can just boil it down to what we all learned in kindergarten, the golden yeah. rule. Yeah. And it's just funny when you, when you just slow it down, whether it's through just whatever your daily rituals, all through meditation or whatever, but just slow it down and just treat others the way you want to be treated. Life's a lot easier. Yep. So simple. Yeah. Well, fellas, I, I have to go teach here in a lot. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go here in a minute, but I, I, this has been like awesome. Like I know Derek and I've been talking about doing this for a while and I'm really glad Chris that you were able to get on. And I, I am so happy that I, first of all, got to meet you guys um, and just excited about your brand. I mean, I really do think it is going to explode because of so many reasons. Um, and then I'm just glad that Tony was able to, I, you know, I've always said this to Tony. I'm like, so glad I met him because I do consider him a buddy. And, um, and just like having, 
having that relationship and being able to meet you guys and like bringing this together. Like to me, it's like really cool. And, and it's yeah. just been, it's been really fun, like having this conversation and we should probably do it again. And, and I will send you guys emails about when the Phoenix thing is. Cause if you're, if you're yeah. down there, like it would be like really cool. And Derek, I will be out, you know, in Colorado cause I'm out there a lot. Um, and so like, we'll definitely be able to, to do something. That'd be great. And, and yeah. It's, well, Ron, it's, thank you so really much good. for putting this together and, yeah. uh, yeah. and for, yeah, for the special Ron, surprise, the for, for the special surprise, Tony, it's so good to see you, buddy. <laughs> great to see you guys yeah tony great seeing you man let's keep in touch absolutely i i mean i feel very privileged today to have been on this call i can tell you that <laughs> all right y'all well be well Thanks, like i Josh. said this will this will be out on monday um i'm just gonna i always put new music to it um i'm just gonna put one of my band's old songs on there and just and let you guys enjoy that so can you make my traps a little bit bigger <laughs> Of course, of course. I got those skills, man. So. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. All right, guys. All right. Be good. See y'all. Be well. All right. Be, be good. Talk to you. Later. Well, <laughs> that was pretty epic. Uh, it was so much fun having our guy Tony Mandrich join his former Indianapolis Colt teammates. Uh, such a blast of a conversation. Really have so much respect for all of these guys and what they are doing and how they are inspiring and changing the world. I'm so fascinated by the science of their brand and very much expect it to kind of change people's thoughts on CBD. Uh, again, you need to go check out their website, Peels, that's P-E-E-L-S.com, and follow them on social media at Get Peels. You can also follow them uh, on Instagram. Derek is at DerekWest72 and Chris is at C-H-E-T-H-4-4. Also, make sure to go check out and follow our guy Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge and on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge. A reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors, Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. Thank you again. Uh, this is a reminder. This is the last episode of Season 5, so we will be taking a short break and returning soon with a new epic season. So we will see you soon. And as a reminder, as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Hey.